atmosphere is changing Nothing stays the same Heaven is waiting For the mention of the name The Spirit is moving Burning like a flame Healing the broken By the one we proclaim Gather up wonder, hostages of shame, miracles unfolding at the mention of the name. All darkness is fleeing, mercy raining down, healing waters flowing as our lips make the sound.
Praise the Lord, everybody. We want to welcome everyone to church tonight. And uh, glad that you have tuned in to listen uh, to the service tonight. I want to ask you again at home, uh, if you're at the house where you can, I would like you to uh, approach this as a church service. So please stop whatever you're doing. If you can, gather around with your family, get your Bible out. Let's get ready to have church and hear from the Lord tonight. If we ever needed God's help, we surely need God's help today. If we ever needed divine intervention in our lives, we need divine intervention today. I'm thankful today for the church more now than I've ever been in the past. And I'm thankful for the power of the Holy Ghost. I am so thankful that I know the Lord. And I don't know what people do in this world without God. I want to uh, bring some needs to you tonight. We've got folks that are sick that need a touch from the Lord. We ask each and every one of you to pray for those who are sick. Church family probably knows by now the ones that are sick and need a touch from God. I don't want to call their names on the air, but I ask you to pray for them individually. Bring their names before God on a daily basis. And uh, if you would, let's pray for this service Ask the Lord to speak to us tonight, to give us the Word of God that He would have for us in this service tonight. Brother Smith will be preaching to us here shortly, and uh, appreciate the Word of God that he gave to us Sunday night. Looking forward to God's Word tonight. And uh, so if you will, if it's possible, if you'll stand with us today, and let's all go to the Lord together in prayer. God, we love you today. We thank you, Savior, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your blessings, for your touch, for your help, for this opportunity that you've given us, God, that we can share your word together. We ask you, Lord, that you would heal those who are sick, move in every household tonight, God. Heal the ones that are in need of a miracle today. We know, God, that there is nothing that is too hard for you and our faith and our confidence and our trust. And our hope is in you, God. We come before you in faith believing that you would heal, deliver, and set free. And speak to us through your word. And we'll give you praise and glory and honor. And everybody said in Jesus' name. I encourage you at home. It's quite obvious here tonight that we don't have any, uh, any amen corners or sections or anyone to run or jump or to ag us on in the spirit tonight, but we are here all all alone and you're in your house with just you or your family. And uh, But I tell you what, the power of God can move in your home tonight and the power of God can move in this place today because the Word of God is real. The Word of God is powerful. It's hard to read the Word of God and stay the same. And so we ask God for His touch in this house tonight. We want to remind you of the service schedule for Sunday. There will be one service Sunday, and it will start at 10.30. And uh, it will be an outdoor service. I ask you to come if you possibly can. If you feel comfortable with coming, we're going to gather here. The service will start at 10.30. And uh, we're going to celebrate we're going to praise and give God glory. I don't know uh, how this will work. Never done it before. Of course, we are all in uncharted waters. Not a lot of things that we have planned for at this moment. 
but we're just trying to feel our way through in the Holy Ghost. So we will have um, the uh, music and everything set up over at the gym, the way things are looking now. That could change, but when you come in, if you will, kind of direct your cars and point in that direction. And uh, then we'll have a platform when it comes time for preaching where maybe everyone can see. I hope everyone can hear uh, because it, we're not going to be able to put it on air, uh, on the air with us being over there. So we're going to have speakers set up so maybe everyone could hear. But I think it would be good, us all just being on the church property together, worshiping and glorifying God, our resurrected Savior. So that will be Sunday morning. At 10:30, I ask you if it's possible for you to come through uh, the day and pray at the church. Uh, if you're scared to get out of your vehicle, and uh, at this point, that's perfectly understandable. Uh, stay in your vehicle, but pray if you can. Just drive through the parking lot, sit in the parking lot, talk to God. I believe the house of God should be the most important place in our life. So let's keep it that way. Let's keep it the center point of our life. And God will bring us through these distressed and troubled times. I have faith and confidence and trust in God that He will make a way where there seemeth to be no way. And uh, so I appreciate the ones who are supporting the church in this time. Thank you very much for your sacrificial giving. And uh, the ones have sent it through the mail, the ones who have um, brought it to the church and slid it under the door. Thank you very much. If you want to mail it in, you can mail it to P.O. Box 1677, Silsby, and uh, that is 77656. So P.O. Box 1677. And if you would like to text to give, you can do that also. The number is 855 855- Five five seven five three two four, and uh, you will follow the props at that point to give and direct your offerings and funds wherever you would like them to go. So thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for uh, all of the support that you've given uh, my family and myself and the church during this time. I appreciate having Brother Smith here. Brother and Sister Smith has been a... Uh, a blessing to me personally at this time, and I'm thankful for that. And they, they're they uh, very good cooks also, and uh, we've been enjoying uh, them uh, cooking for us. We normally cook uh, for the evangelist, but the evangelist has been cooking for us, and I appreciate that. Appreciate them being able to be here at this time. We want him to come and obey the Lord. I ask you to uh, tune in, tune in, not just tune in by... Uh, your device, but tune in with your spirit and get in touch with what God would say to us tonight. Lord bless Brother Smith. Thank you, Pastor Looper, and praise the Lord to everybody as you are connecting for the service tonight. I pray that there will be a connection in the spirit realm and that we'll make room for what God wants to do. Very, very privilege to be here in Silsby at First Pentecostal Church, and uh, we have the highest of respect and esteem for your pastor, Brother Homer Looper, and his wife, their daughters and family members, Elder and Sister Duplissy, and all of the church body, 
It's been a privilege to be here with you, and uh, I am very, very thankful to know that our God is always in charge of situations of life, even when there are things going on that we might not have the answers to. He not only has the answer, He is the answer. And I'm so thankful tonight for the privilege to be able to look back into His Word. Over the past two weeks, on Wednesday night, I have been teaching a Bible study or a Bible lesson on uh, keys to receiving an answer from God. And I felt to continue again tonight with what I have been talking about over the past couple of weeks. And so before I get into tonight's lesson, let me just highlight a few scripture passages that we've been uh, basing this Bible study upon. First of all, back in the book of Isaiah, chapter 59, verse number 1, we hear the prophet say, and I paraphrase, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, or it is not too weak to save us. Neither is his ear heavy or closed that it cannot hear. Again, from the same book of Isaiah, chapter 40, looking at verse number 28, where the question is asked, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary? But the Bible said, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that hath no might, He increases strength. While youth faint, and they're weary, and young men utterly fall, verse 31 tells us, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I can only tell you that all through the years of my life, I've been quoting this verse of Scripture. I've not only quoted it, I've sung this verse of Scripture. I have repeated it over and over. What a privilege it is for us as the people of God to be able to wait upon Him and to renew our strength. Of course, in the book of Hebrews, the writer tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And finally, I will reference words of Jesus himself taken from Mark's gospel, chapter 11, beginning at verse 22, where we hear the master say, have faith in God. For he said, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, with no doubt in his heart, shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, When you pray, believe. Believe that you'll receive. And Jesus said, Ye shall have it. My subject again this evening is keys to receiving an answer from God. And of course, at this point, or up until now, we've already addressed four important keys that we can effectively use for receiving answers from God. 
the first key that we talked about two weeks ago tonight, how it is so vital that we look beyond the size of problems to consider the greatness of God. We also presented a second key on that first night of the Bible study, the key of fervency or being desperate enough to get beyond every hindrance. And then last week, we presented two more keys that are also very important keys when it comes to receiving answers from God. I talked about a steadfast faith that refuses to listen to negative voices and negative thoughts. And then we talked about importunity or learning to cultivate persistent prayer. I want to pick up with this fourth key that I was talking about a week ago tonight in the conclusion of the Bible lesson. I want to talk some more about importunity, cultivating uh, persistent prayer. You see, on occasions, the answers that we're praying for may be delayed, but we must be persistent in prayer anyway, because God, who is ever faithful, will surely defend His own. In fact, I truly believe that when people of God pray, the answer is already on the way. I remember years ago and down through years of time, we've sung many songs uh, in church services. And I think it's wonderful when we sing songs about doctrine and when we sing songs about the faithfulness of God and songs about God answering prayer. And I, I remember one of those songs that we used to sing simply said, Hallelujah, He's a prayer answering God. We pray in Jesus' name and by faith the answer came, Hallelujah. He's a prayer-answering God. We need to keep that in our hearts and minds. Regardless of whether life goes our way or if we're facing challenging situations, hallelujah, our God is still a prayer-answering God. Another chorus that we used to sing said, He's bigger than all of my problems. He's bigger than all of my fears. He's bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. He's bigger than all my questions. He's bigger than anything. Oh, thank God. Our God is bigger than any mountain that we can or cannot see. But it is important that we develop and cultivate a persistency in prayer. That we not back off. That we not back away. Because God, who is ever faithful, is wanting to answer His people. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 5, Paul admonished believers by saying, Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And then, in writing to the Romans, chapter 12, in verse 2, he speaks about being transformed. 
by the renewing of your mind. You see, until we reach a point of transformation, the natural man inside of every one of us will try to limit us from seeing what God really wants and desires to do. As a matter of fact, until a transformation takes place, uh, it seems that we keep right on seeing and doing things our very own way. Oh, we can profess to be Christians. We can say we have an up-to-date experience and relationship with God. But if we're still living in the natural way of thinking, then we keep on seeing and doing things our very own way. However, when we get a renewing of the mind, as Paul was talking about, then we begin to see things from God's point of view, which truthfully is from a totally different perspective than what we have in our natural way of thinking. I can look at a situation, I can sum it up and say this is the way it is, but truthfully, it may not be that way at all. It may not be the way it appears to be, because from God's point of view is really the way we need to be looking at things. And so, my friend, there's something very essential about the renewing or the conversion of our mind. You can be a good person. You can have a good education. You can be living an honorable life as far as society is concerned. But oh, as the people of God, we need the renewing of our minds. Because only then are we able to pray the will of God with persistence. According to words that are found in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 23, there are times we ask. But don't receive, because James said we ask amiss. In other words, we fail to pray the will of God. That's why we need the mind of Christ. That's why we need this renewing of our minds that Paul was talking about. However, when our prayers are in sync with God's will, and we're able to believe God regardless of what surrounding circumstances may be, then with great assurance we believe and know that the Lord is going to avenge us. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus said in verse number 32, It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In other words, what Jesus said was this. He said it's His will, and furthermore, He's fully determined to do it. We've got to focus in on the will of God. And when we focus in on the will of God, you've got to understand it is His will and He's fully determined to do it. So you can pray with a persistence. You can pray beyond the obstacles that get in the way. You can pray beyond all of the disappointments and the frustrations of whatever's going on in your world. Looking again with me. 
me at Jesus' parable that we talked about last Wednesday night, found in Luke chapter 18. The unjust judge is a type of the natural mind, or we could call it the unregenerate mind. On the other hand, the widow who cried day and night speaks of someone who is totally persistent. Persistence is what allowed this widow woman to get beyond self, to get to a place where her natural mind was converted. Furthermore, in a renewed state of mind, this widow refused to be put off by the unjust judge, even though he said that uh, he was too busy. Even though he paid her no attention at all, yet this widow said, I'm not going to take no for an answer. And because of her persistence, because of importunity, this judge who regarded not God and neither did he regard man, the Bible said, he granted the widow her Petition in the very same way we too can get into such a realm where that then and there God will avenge us. Amen. In first Peter chapter one, the apostle says in verse twenty three, being born again not of corruptible seed, but of that which liveth and abideth forever. Even so, we must not be content with life that is merely passed to us by parents. Because one day, all of natural life is going to disappear. However, life is life since there is truly life beyond natural life, then we, as the people of God, need to go beyond the ordinary to the extraordinary. By the same token, there has to be a determination or persistence to get beyond what's natural before we'll ever be able to enter into the supernatural realm. Oh, I thank God for His promises. I thank God for the victories that He gives. I thank God for every prayer He's answered. I don't want to live just in a natural realm. I want to be able to get into a supernatural realm where my faith will reach out and get a hold of answers that only God can give, whether to me, to you, to His people in these last days. But somebody hear me when I tell you, there is no telling what God will do when we get beyond the ordinary or the natural way of thinking and we enter into the holy presence of God. Oh, that's the importance of cultivating a persistent prayer life. It takes us beyond the natural man. It takes us beyond ordinary life. And it helps us enter into the presence of a holy God. I promise you the major difference between casual praying and persistent prayer is the place of breakthrough that importunity ushers us into. 
We need breakthrough. We need breakthrough. We need to break through the negative. We need to break through all of the roadblocks and all of the distractions and get into a place where God will avenge us and the answer to prayer will come. Don't ever underestimate the force or the impact of that persistent prayer. I talked last Wednesday night and gave the example of a single seed being dropped down into a hole that had been drilled into a four-foot slab of granite. And over time, as light and water made its way down into that hole where a seed had been dropped, that seed began to grow. A plant began to develop. And over time of the growth process from that single seed there was enough pressure applied from within the granite that it literally split it in two and that my brother and my sister is precisely the kind of impact that you and I can have by means of persistent prayer it might not seem like it's enough today but keep on praying I want you to know as it builds and as that pressure from within grows and increases, the answer is going to come because we have a faithful God that wants to answer the prayers of His children. In fact, when it comes to receiving answers from God, remember, remember persistence or the force of prayer often determines the difference between receiving what we ask for or going away empty-handed. No wonder, therefore, James addressed the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. He emphatically stated in James 5, verse 16, that that kind of prayer availeth much. Of course, James went right on to explain that Elijah the prophet was subject to the same kind of passions that you and I have. Yet whenever Elijah prayed earnestly or persistently, God avenged him with answers that are totally mind Boggling. I want you to know it's not because Elijah was better than you are or better than I am. It's because Elijah was persistent. It's because Elijah prayed effectual, fervent prayers and the results came because God will respond to that kind of praying. That's why I'm talking about it being a vital key to us receiving answers from God even today. The next key that I want to address or talk about is tenacity. All of us face times and situations of life when we need to add tenacity to our faith. In other words, there's got to be some resolve. There has to be insistence, determination, steadfastness, even doggedness, I would call it. Just getting a hold of something and not letting go of it. Doggedness. Because it's this particular trait, talking about tenacity, it's this trait that provides the single-mindedness or the staying power. To persevere in the face of all out opposition. 
I want you to know there at times it may seem like that you're in a battle with hell itself. The opposition is fierce. The opposition is foreboding. The opposition is almost breathtaking. But when you are tenacious, when you are determined and you have resolve inside of you that God cannot and God will not fail, it will give you the single mindedness and the staying power to persevere until the answer comes. I want us to look at an example in the life of Jacob found in the very first book of the Old Testament. Genesis chapter 32, verse number 24 says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man, or in this particular context, an angel wrestled with him until the break of day. And when the angel saw that he prevailed not uh, against Jacob, verse 25 said, the angel touched the hollow of his thigh, and it was put out of joint. And the angel said to Jacob, let me go, for the day breaketh. But Jacob said, I will not let thee go, except you bless me. Now, at that point, the angel of God asked Jacob, what is thy name? And he replied, I am Jacob, which means, I suppose, everything but what any of us would prefer to be known by, I'm sure. Because Jacob means surplanter. Jacob means schemer, trickster, or we could call him a swindler. Uh, I wouldn't want to be known by those traits, or I wouldn't want my name to be indicative of such things. But that was his name. His name was Jacob. And the angel said to him, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel, for thou hast contended with God and prevailed. And Jacob said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And the angel said, why do you ask my name? But notice then it said, and he blessed Jacob there. Jacob got what he was asking for. He said in verse 26, I will not let thee go except you bless me. In verse 29, the angel blessed Jacob there. Hosea, the prophet, refers to this particular account in the 12th chapter of his prophetic book. And in verse number 3, it's worded like this in the Living Bible. We read, when Jacob was born, he struggled with his brother in the womb. Then notice, when he became a man, he even contended with God. That's Jacob. That's, that's Israel. 
That's the man who was wrestling with the angel and his name was changed. He had struggled with his brother in the womb. And then this setting that we're talking about here, he contended even with God. And verse 4 says, yes, Jacob wrestled with the angel of God and prevailed as he wept and pleaded for a blessing. At Bethel, Jacob met God face to face. And so it is. This particular scenario confirms that there are different levels of prayer. In fact, beyond persistent prayer, there's a depth or a realm of intercessory prayer. And tenacity is the trait that helps us enter into such a realm. Verse number 26 of the Genesis account that we've been talking about chapter 32 where Jacob was wrestling with the angel and uh, uh, it, it speaks about the daybreak, the daybreak where the angel said to him, you know, let me go for the day breaketh. Oh, thank God for that place of daybreak. It was a profound time in Jacob's life, and it will be a profound time in our lives as well, because the daybreak is actually a place of spiritual breakthrough where new light shines on the particular situation or problem that we're praying about as well. You can pray about something and keep on praying about it and be persistent in your prayer about it. But oh, put some tenacity into it. Put some resolve and some insistence, some determination, some doggedness into it. And I want you to know something is going to begin to crack. Something is going to begin to change. Something is going to begin to happen at that point of daybreak. Amen. It's a spiritual breakthrough. And I want you to know, you'll know when you get there and I'll know when I get there because it's a breakthrough moment. And in the presence of God, victories come at daybreak. Tenacity is what caused the woman Rachel to say, give me children or else. Let me die. In the very same context, Hannah wasn't satisfied by the love of her husband Elkanah only. She had to have a man-child. In fact, Scripture reveals that she went up to Shiloh in bitterness of soul. And the King James Version says she wept until she was sore. She prayed with such tenacity until she was misunderstood. She prayed with such tenacity until she was even falsely accused of drunkenness by Eli the priest. However, at the same time, I believe that we can all say that tenacity is what enabled Hannah to pray until she could make such a bold vow unto God, as she said. And we read from 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 11. She said, Oh, Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look upon the affliction of your handmaid and forget me not, but give 
me a man child. Then she said, I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall not come a razor upon his head. What I hope all of us can see right here in this particular passage is this, that whenever tenacity is combined with faith, we witness exponential results. Therefore, it's truly an important key. Whenever it comes to us receiving answers from God. In high school, I thoroughly enjoyed subjects like algebra, trigonometry, calculus. Later in life, while teaching high school math courses, I'd often tell my students when they were complaining about how difficult the assignments were and the problems were giving them headaches. I would, uh, I would often tell them that solving an algebraic problem was just good therapy for the mind. It was something that I enjoyed getting into. It didn't matter that it could take 30 minutes to solve the problem. It was therapy. It was something that I enjoyed doing. Well, those of you who are familiar with what I'm talking about are well aware of the importance of exponents. And for example, two to the power of four. It's not eight. It's not two times four equals eight. No, but two to the power of four is 16. That's the power of the exponent. And 10 to the fourth power is not 40. You don't multiply 10 times four and come up with 40. No, it's 10 times 10 times 10 times 10, which equals 10,000. That's the power of the exponent. Or 100 to the fourth power, it isn't 400. You don't multiply 100 times 4 and come up with a meager 400. Oh, no, no, it's 100 times 100, times 100, and times 100 again, which is 100 million, if you will. That's the power of an exponent. In fact, it's similar to the biblical concept that we discover in Old Testament Scripture that talks about how one can chase a thousand. But then the same verse projects that two can put 10,000 to flight. But wait a minute, wait a minute. If you've got one chasing a 1,000 and you've got the second one over here chasing a 1,000, they're only chasing 2,000. That's until they come together. But when two are together, they can not only chase 2,000, but the Bible said they can put 10,000 to flight. And the Word of God also tells us that a threefold cord is not easily Broken, as I've already mentioned in tonight's teaching, tenacity is synonymous with determination. And such a trait or quality in prayer produces a level of perception that allows us to actually visualize the answer we're praying about before we ever get to hold it in our hands. When I was a junior in high school, I was... Uh, I was involved in junior exhibition, which was a speaking contest. And uh, it is as fresh in my mind tonight 
as it was those 50 plus years ago. And uh, I, I remember very, very well when I was working on my speech and uh, was preparing for the local contest where that other juniors in my, in my high school class would be giving speeches the same night and we would be judged. Uh, my goal was to be first place. I wanted to be the winner of the speaking contest. And so uh, night after night, or I should say late afternoon after late afternoon, I would go to the home of my coach. She was an older lady in town who uh, very prominent in her position of influence, and she was an elocutionist. And so I would go there and she would help me as I was learning this speech. Now, when I would give the speech at that junior exhibition, it would only last for approximately 12 minutes. However, I worked literally weeks and weeks and weeks preparing for this speaking contest. And and I'd get in the middle of a sentence and my coach would stop me and say, no, no, no. Uh, you need to put a little different inflection there. And I, I would listen to her advice and she would not tell me how to say it. She would only instruct me that I needed to change it to give it a different connotation. And so uh, I would speak it until she'd say, okay, that's good. We'd move on. And this went on for weeks on end. The night of the speaking contest, I will never forget it. Uh, the coaches were there from a nearby college and uh, they were judging the speeches and they got up and they began to announce third place winner. I said in my seat, I was not expecting to be called. Uh, not, I'm not bragging on me. I'm just telling you my sights were not on third place. My sights were not to be runner-up. I intended to be first place. And so they called the first, third place winner. And then they called the runner-up. And I'm sitting there and my heart is beating within my chest. And, uh, and uh, when they said, uh, before they could even get my name out, the first place winner, I was on my feet. And sure enough, they said David Smith, and I was there. But before I could ever get that trophy in my hand, I had to get it in my heart. I had to perceive it. I had to get to, I had to be able to see that I would receive that recognition. I went from there to the county. I spoke at the college, and there were students from all over, all over that part of the state speaking. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget speaking there. Had to be cut down by two minutes in the speech. But I'm giving the same speech, but cut some things out and worked on it for many more weeks to give it at that, that county contest. And, and when they were, when the judges began to announce the winners and they announced third place, I wasn't expecting third place. They announced runner up. I wasn't expecting runner up. But when they said my name, when they called the first place winner, I remember I got out of my seat. I walked down the aisle, and as I passed the front row, there was a young man sitting in the front seat. He began to curse at me. He began to issue, speak out words that were not very appropriate. 
appropriate. I could have stopped in my tracks. I could have squared off and looked at him. But you know what? My mind wasn't on his distraction. My mind was on the trophy that was about to be put in my hand. That is what I had worked for for weeks. And by that time, months on end, to be recognized as the first place winner. I'm telling somebody, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to you getting an answer from God, come on, you don't have to sit in some backseat of disappointment. You don't have to be somebody that says, well, if I get it, okay. If I No, if you're really praying for an answer, if you're needing an answer from God, put some tenacity with your persistent prayer and get a hold of what God wants to do for you. Reach that point. Put an exponent, if you will, behind your prayers because, you see, it's this tenacity. That is, it's a trait or a quality in prayer that produces a level of perception that allows us to actually visualize the answer before we ever get to hold it in our hands. And I hope that somebody tonight who really wants or needs an answer from God is ready to put some tenacity with your faith. All of us, David Smith included, need some more resolve. I'm talking about spunk. I'm talking about fortitude. I'm talking about stamina. We need it in our prayers. We need to pray with a confidence. We need to pray with a determination. Spiritual exponents or powerful forces that add exponential benefits to our prayers. These are just some of the keys that we could talk about when it comes to receiving answers from God. By the way, there is another important key, and I'm not going to get into it tonight, but it's, it's a good one for all of us, and that is to have a good understanding of God's love. We need a sure identity of who we are, knowing that God answers the prayers of His children because He loves us. We need an understanding of our Heavenly Father. We need to know He's more willing to give than we are to receive. When you pray... You need to pray as a child of God. You need to pray understanding that God is listening to the sound and the cry of your voice. And He loves you enough that He wants to answer the prayers that you're talking to Him about. Amen. There are many things on that particular key that I could talk about. I won't do it tonight. But remember, your God is a loving God. He's a God that cares about you. And He wants to answer His children. Those that will cry out to Him, He wants to meet their needs and give you victory through the power of His name. God bless you. What a wonderful privilege it is to be able to pray. And when we pray, to know that God is the answer to prayer. God bless you, Pastor. Why don't we all just stand, if you're in your house tonight.
If you're where you can, why don't we stand together? Let's pray together again and thank God for His Word tonight. God, we love You today. We thank You, Savior, for Your Word. Thank You, God, for speaking to us tonight. Thank You, Lord, for the words of faith and strength and encouragement that You have given to us tonight. We praise You for it, Lord. We glorify You for it. We thank You, Jesus. Thank You, God, for the power of liberty and peace and healing and miracles that are in Your Word. We thank You today, God. And we praise You. We praise You. Hallelujah. Thank You, Brother Smith, for the wonderful Word of the Lord. Amen. I know everyone at home enjoyed that. I enjoyed it sitting here listening to it. Glad I was able to get to hear it. I needed that. That helped me today. And uh, I'm thankful for the Word of God. Thank you, Brother Smith, for obeying God's Word. And uh, thank God for speaking to us tonight. I want to encourage you to keep the faith. Keep praying. Keep, keep speaking faith. Don't get caught up in all the negative things that are going on today. But think about things that are good, what God is doing in your life, and what God is about to do in your life. The best days of the church is not behind us, but they're still beyond us. And we're moving into that realm of life in the church world today. And so we pray that God's protecting, God's healing power would touch each and every one that is sick. Keep praying, keep checking on people, keep calling, stay in touch with one another. Um, I would tell you to visit one another. That might not be the right, right thing to do at this time. But keep calling one another. Let each other know that you are, you are concerned about them, praying for them, stay in contact with the church. We're trying our best to stay in contact with everyone. I've had different ones calling people in the church every week to touch base with them. And uh, so I've taken that, started taking on that task this week. I think uh, uh, in about three or four hours' time, I think I called about 15 people. So it doesn't work too good with me calling everybody. I get stuck on the phone longer than I would choose. But if someone calls you um, calling, uh, they are doing it for me. And I appreciate that very much. And uh, we try to organize that where that will all be taken care of. We are praying and uh, believing God for better days ahead. And uh, that we're about to see the sun come out again. Remember church Sunday morning. And uh, be here at 1030 if you possibly can. If you feel comfortable with coming. We'll be in our cars. Be in the parking lot. And uh, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I am so glad that he resurrected on that third day. And uh, we're looking forward to a great move of the Lord. Lord bless you. And uh, appreciate you and love you very much. And uh, go back, would say that you can be dismissed and go home, but I guess you're already there. But Lord bless you and you can be dismissed in Jesus' name.